You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I'm Ethan Haristadoulou, and today, as we do every Thursday with Thursday Night Football, fast approaching this evening, we're making our picks for all 16 games here in week number 15 of the NFL, going through each and every single matchup, giving some of my thoughts on them, picking my winners, giving score predictions, and even some thoughts on some of my favorite betting odds. Remember, I am not a gambler. I don't place any of these bets. I'm just giving you guys my opinion to help you maybe sway you into a direction or another if you're deciding on something. Think of me as like a just an extra opinion to help you maybe justify or steer you away from a bet you're not too sure about. I will never sit here and act like I'm some gambling pro, but I do have my opinions on some of the betting odds that I see each and every single week. So, Without further ado, hit that like button, subscribe button, comment down below. Let me know who you think comes out winners in this week's slate of games. I went 7-6 and six last week. A little bit of a hiccup. Not a great week, but we still went positive. We're 128-80 and 80 on the season, so we're doing really, really well here. So let's keep the ball rolling with another positive week. Now, starting off with the first matchup, we're looking at the 49ers and the Seahawks here. And this is do or die for Seattle. If they let the 49ers get away with a victory here, that... 49ers will lock up the NFC West and be the NFC West division champion. So this is a big game for the, the Seahawks, but it's also a big game for the 49ers, a team that right now has a rookie quarterback in his third game, essentially, at this point. They, they want something like this. If they have any real aspirations to make it to the Super Bowl this season with a rookie at the helm locking up a division spot and getting that number four seed at the very least secured with a potential to maybe even push the seed even higher off of the back of that excellent defensive play is big for the 49ers. And I really just don't know right now if the Seahawks, the way they're trending, can handle that 49ers defense. It has been unbelievably good just making a mockery of some offenses as of late and honestly all season long. I just don't know if the Seahawks have it in them right now with the position that they're in, the losing skid that they're on right now. A few weeks ago, this Seahawks team felt like they were kind of like, you know, the shock team, the team that's blowing the doors off of people, and you didn't expect to see them coming the way they were. And and they definitely were that, but they've kind of fallen off. I'm a little bit worried about how this 49ers defense is going to handle that offense. I think they might potentially manhandle them just with how good they've been looking. So I am taking the 49ers to win this game, and I have them winning 27-20. to The 49ers are minus three favorites in this game, and that's actually one of the bets I really like this week. I feel like minus three is more than doable for a 49ers team that has put down the Dolphins in pretty impressive fashion and then just completely whacked the Buccaneers last week. I like San Francisco, and 49ers minus three feels like a pretty easy bet to go on. Now, moving into the second game here, we have a few games coming up on Saturday, so we're getting into that time of year. This is one of the more fun times of year because there's a lot more football going on each and every single day. Now, looking at this one here, we have the Colts and the Vikings. The Vikings are currently 6-1 at home, and this game is in Minnesota. They're minus four favorites here, and the Colts are on a bit of a losing skid. Things have not really gone well since their upset victory over the Raiders, and I kind of expect that trend to kind of continue. I don't really see fortunes turning around for Indianapolis right now. As much as I do like the Colts, I grew up rooting for them, but I'm a realist here, and just all things considered and where they are health-wise and just with what I've seen from the product on the field all season long, never mind since Jeff Saturday's even taken over. 
not really too much of a believer in this team right now. They are really good against defending the pass, so this is a team that could give some headaches to Minnesota and maybe make the game closer than it should be, but ultimately, I like the Vikings winning this game 23-14, to and the over and under on this one is set at 48.5. I don't really expect that the Colts are going to be able to put up a ton of points. They're going to have to really run on the back of, and no pun intended there, but Jonathan Taylor, and so with that in mind, I, I just... I don't know. I don't have a real big hope for the Colts in this game or for very much of the rest of their schedule for this season. So I'm just really leaning towards the Vikings right now. And the under being at 48 and a half, I could see the game being a little bit of a lower scoring affair. If the Colts give the Vikings passing game some problems, again, they are the third best pass defense in the league, I guess, according to numbers. So with that in mind, give me the Vikings 23-14. Next game we're looking at here is the Baltimore Ravens going into Cleveland to take on their division rival Browns. And I have the Ravens winning this game here. And I'm going to come right out and say it because I don't really believe in the Browns offense at this very moment. There is clearly a lot of rust and kinks to be worked out with the Sean Watson. And it's just ugly. I love the running game. They have a two-headed monster in the running back room there between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But outside of that, their passing game is just not great. And honestly, the offense as a whole kind of looked a little more functional when Jacoby Brissett was there. And that's kind of a problem. So I'm a little bit worried about the Browns right now in the direction they're heading. You have a lot of money invested in Deshaun Watson. And while I, yeah, I think everyone was like, there's probably going to be some rust knock that needs to be knocked off. You know, it's been like 700 days or whatever since he last played a meaningful game of football. I didn't expect it to be as bad as, as I've seen it. And I'm going to need to see something really good this week for me to change my opinion on that. I know that the Ravens obviously could or could, you know, I don't know where Deshaun, not Deshaun Watson, excuse me, Lamar Jackson is currently in his recovery. I don't know if he's scheduled to play or not. I'm kind of picking this game a little bit early, uh, but should Lamar Jackson play, I feel a lot safer about it. If it's not Lamar Jackson, I'm a little bit worried. We'll see, but I still think that the Ravens, I just trust the organization a little bit more. I like the coaching over there more. I like the player personnel over there a little bit more on both sides of the ball. So I'm going to take Baltimore and I have them winning kind of an uglier 19 to 10 victory here. I really like the under on this game here, the over under sitting at 37. And I should preface that by saying that I really like the under if Lamar Jackson's not playing for the Ravens. I just don't see the Browns being able to move the ball a ton going into this game here. Ravens defense, not necessarily the greatest in terms of uh, in terms of everything, but they are a really good group and a sound group at that. So give me the Ravens, 19 and 10, ugly type of game. Next game we have ourselves is the Miami Dolphins going into Buffalo to take on the Bills. Now for this game here, <clears throat> divisional matchup, the the Dolphins, excuse me, I almost just called them the Lions there, so I stopped. <laughs> the Dolphins came away with a 21-19 victory the first time these two teams played. I am a little bit worried about some of the injuries the Bills have, especially on the defensive side of the football. They have a handful of guys questionable going into this game, and even a player or two that's already going to be listed as out. But the Bills are minus seven favorites going into this game. It's in Buffalo. The game that they lost was in Miami. And if there's one thing that seems to hold true in the NFL, at least within the last like handful of seasons, it's that... Florida teams seem to have an advantage over teams from the Northeast. I don't know what that is and what that's all about. And it's typically when they're playing earlier in the season 
so maybe it's just the humidity and, and all that stuff. Maybe it is really just that much of an effect. The air here is probably drier than anything you're experiencing in Florida, especially during that early part of the year in the season. So the fact that it's in Buffalo, you, you know, you got it, it, there's potential for snow. Apparently, there's a lot that's kind of brewing right now in favor of the Bills. I like Buffalo going into this game here. I have them winning 28 to 24. And with everything already being said, I think the other thing that is I have ignored a few times making picks this year and I've kind of gotten burned for it. It's hard to beat a team twice. It really is in the NFL when it comes to division rivals. And this is a series that I think splits both ways. You get one win from the Bills, one win from the Dolphins when it's all said and done after this game. Next matchup, we are looking at the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Chicago Bears. Eagles minus nine favorites in Chicago. Uh, not something you see too often when you have a massive favorite like that by two possessions as an away team. But the Eagles have been on fire all year long. They are 12-1 and on the season. They are the best scoring offense in the league at almost 30 points a game. And you're going up against the defense in the Bears that are averaging about 25.5 points a game allowed. This just kind of spells doom for the Bears. But I will say it's a trap game. Chicago is one of those teams that has had a few games here and there that they've looked good in their losses, or maybe it's just taken them a little bit to kind of find their way and they couldn't put it all together for, for four quarters to be able to really contend and win the game. Just watch out if you're the Eagles. I think the Eagles win the game, and I have them winning pretty handedly, 33-16. to 16. I like them in this game here. Just watch out for the Bears. I feel like this is one of those trap games you don't want to fall victim to and you don't want to look past. Like, a lot of people were stressing about the Cowboys' win last week over the Texans. If that game wasn't the perfect example of don't look past your opponent no matter what their record is, I don't know what is. I don't really think that the Texans exposed anything about Dallas last week in that game. I think it was more so just they're looking on to more important games in the season, and they probably did not really take too much time. Not I don't want to say that, but they're probably not taking as much time game planning over the Texans within like the few weeks leading up to that game as they are, say, like you have a game against the Eagles coming up in a few weeks as well, heading in towards Christmas. So like there's a lot for them to worry about beyond that 1-10 team that they were facing last week or 1-10-1, whatever it is their record was for that game. But I do like the Eagles. Next game we're looking at here, Atlanta Falcons taking on the New Orleans Saints. Saints are minus four favorites in this one here, and they are three and four at home. They're currently four and nine, so three of their four victories have all come at home. And then you have a Falcons team that is looking for Desmond Ritter to bring a spark to an offense that really needs it at this point in time. And on top of that, the Falcons, they're fighting for a divisional a divisional crown. The NFC South is a mess right now, an absolute mess, and... If you had told me going into this season that the Falcons at 5-8, and eight, <clears throat> excuse me, were going to have a legit chance at winning their division, I probably would have laughed at you. But we're looking at some unknowns here, and the biggest one really is Desmond Ritter. How is he going to fare against a Saints defense that, while maybe not quite the Saints defense it has been the last few years, has... Still been a pretty solid unit when you look at their numbers altogether. 17th in points allowed per game. That's middle of the pack. 10th in terms of defending the pass. They're 19th against the run. And that is kind of the bread and butter of the Falcons. They are the fourth best rushing attack in the NFL. So that is going to be a problem. The first time these two teams played, it was back in week one. And it was a wild finish with a one-point score victory for the Saints. It is hard for teams to win twice. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I do think that there is... Just a, 
there's a lot of uncertainty for Atlanta right now with this changeover to Desmond Ritter. We don't know what we're going to get, so I'm going to kind of take the safer pick in this one. I'm going to go Saints 21-17. Definitely would not be surprised, though, if the Falcons come away with an upset. You bring in a new quarterback. He's the rookie guy you drafted in the third round. You know, maybe he sparks something and the ball really gets rolling here for the offense. Definitely a possibility, but I'm going to bank a little bit more on just kind of what I know, what I believe in a little bit more, and take a safer route in the Saints victory 21-17. Now, the Detroit Lions are traveling to the New York Jets. And this game... Now, the Detroit Lions are traveling to New York to take on the Jets. The Lions are probably one of the hottest teams at this moment in the NFC. I don't know if I would say they're the hottest, but they are definitely one of. And... I w- I'll say this, my power rankings that came out a couple of days ago, and if you haven't checked that out, make sure you do after this video, was filled with people bringing up the Lions and how they need to be somewhere within like the top 10 in the NFL right now in terms of power rankings. Maybe, but I don't know. I need to see like a statement victory from this Lions team. I know they just took down the Vikings, don't get me wrong, but they played the Vikings tough the first time they played. And on top of that, it's a division rival. And on top of that, it's no secret that the Vikings just cannot defend the pass. And it's a really ugly and horrendous thing to watch. So now you're going up against a team in the Jets that have one of the better defenses in the NFL. Some people argue it's a top 10 defense. Fair enough. Let's see how you fare against this unit. The Jets are one of those teams that literally does not have to blitz and can still bring pressure and notch like two or three sacks a game. They have the probably the best four-man rush in the NFL. I don't know if that's even an argument. That is probably my favorite thing about this Jets defense, and it is something that is going to have a tall task in an offensive line that is very well-established. They're young, they're strong, and they're really good at what they do. We'll see how the Lions fare in this game. And I do think that there's a possibility they come away with a victory. So I am going to go with the Lions. I think the Jets are slipping right now. They're really hurting. It sounds like Mike White's going to be the starter. They did just elevate Zach Wilson as the backup quarterback. So we'll see how things shake out. We obviously have a few days till that's all kind of decided. And we'll see how he fares. But I think the Lions get the win here. Again, tall task. This is a big game for them. They win this game and they're legitimately in the running for a playoff spot, which would be unbelievable considering the amount of slander that I feel like I've heard about Dan Campbell and the way he coaches. This is a guy that I've been rooting for since he's come to Detroit. I'm really excited to see the Lions in the position they are. This is a big prove-it game for me to really buy into the Detroit Lions, and I think they get that win 28-21. Now, Looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Carolina Panthers, I've got to say the Panthers have been one of those teams that I just did not expect them to be as good as they've been. It's been kind of a surprise. And for a team that at one point a few weeks ago was just kind of selling off guys, you know, you get rid of a wide receiver, your star running back, did not expect to see them kind of rattling off some of the wins they have the last few weeks. And then you have a Steelers team that, you get JJ Watt, or excuse me, TJ Watt back, and you know defense is kind of figuring it out, but the offense is just kind of struggling. You deal, you're dealing with all kinds of injuries at quarterback last week. What's going on with that offense now at this point? I could not really tell you, and I'm really worried about the Steelers at least for the remainder of this season. I like the direction Kenny Pickett was heading, but after being knocked out the way he was last week in that game with the concussion, and it, the it's like really up in the air who's going to be the starting quarterback going into this week. 
I think I like the Panthers in this one. A little bit of a safer bet for me at the very least. And the one thing that I can kind of count on with the Panthers is I know they're going to have a really strong running game. I don't know how much I believe in Sam Darnold, but at the very least, I know the Panthers have a really good defense. And a lot of people forget that. And I know maybe it hasn't looked as good this year as it did last year, but the offense has been really bad, at least up until the last few weeks for the Panthers. Now that the offense is kind of starting to move a little bit here, and it seems like some sort of fire has been lit under uh, head coach Wilkes, I just think that the Panthers right now have the momentum. It's in Carolina. Give me the Panthers. 20-13, lower scoring affair. I like the under on this one here. It's 37 and a half, and... While that might seem like it's already kind of low to be picking the under, both of these teams, not necessarily the most impressive when it comes to scoring. Pittsburgh, 17 and a half points a game. They're 27th in the league. Panthers, 24th in the league. And they're only averaging about 20 points a game. And both of these defenses are in the upper half of the league in terms of points allowed. So this end game, I think, ends up being lower scoring. And going for the under on this one feels like a pretty sure thing. Now, this one here, the Dallas and Jacksonville, and I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. I know people kind of were like, the sky is falling with Dallas. They almost lost to the Texans. And I already kind of went in detail with that when we were discussing the Eagles game earlier. I'm not too worried about Dallas. That is a game you're probably looking past. And honestly, Jacksonville might be a team that they're also looking past, but I really hope they're not because Jacksonville has had some wins this year that have kind of left people's jaws on the floor, a la the win over the Chargers where they completely blew them out or the last second victory over the Baltimore Ravens a little bit. Like, what was that, like two, three weeks ago, something like that. This is a Jacksonville Jaguars team that if you do not take them seriously, they will hurt you and make you pay for it. You cannot as a Cowboys team, be looking past this Jaguars game. <clears throat> and I think the game last week and being able to narrowly escape with a victory kind of kicked them in the butt. And they're hopefully coming to this game being like, all right, whatever thought process we had last week against the Texans, that cannot be the case in this game against the Jaguars. They also just beat the Titans too. That's the other one as well. The Jaguars have some wins over teams that are contending right now for playoff spots and teams that are potential division winners at that. So with that in mind, Let's not sleep on the Jaguars. I do like the odds of the Cowboys winning this game. They are minus four favorites as an away team, but I do think that the Cowboys overall, they're more talented. They're one of the best scoring offenses in the league, third best in the league, if I'm being exact. They also are the second best team when it comes to defending the pass and the passing game over there in Jacksonville, while it has kind of caught on a little bit more as of late, has been not necessarily the most stellar in the league and I feel like this is going to be a really tall task for the Jaguars to, to, to essentially try to try to beat. You have a great defense over there in Dallas that knows how to get to the quarterback and make things just awful for them and miserable. And if you can just get to Trevor Lawrence and kind of take down and tear apart the momentum they've kind of been building there offensively through their passing game, you have a real shot at winning this game as a Dallas Cowboy. I think they get the win. 27-17, give me the victory for the boys. The Chiefs and the Texans. You watched the Cowboys last week. I don't have a ton to say. And I have said this a lot about the Texans. This is a team that likes to play random games really closely. Do not sleep on the Texans. They will make you pay for it. I know that they're the Texans. They have literally one victory. They are 1-11-1. I understand that. Do not sleep on them. Davis Mills, if he's given the opportunity to, can be pretty good at what he does. I know that his, it has been an up and down year for them, but as a Chiefs team, 
You cannot be looking past these Texans. They just took the Cowboys to the absolute limit last week. I don't need to dive into the numbers. These are two teams on complete opposite spectrums right now. One team is racing towards the first round pick in the draft, or excuse me, first pick in the draft, not round, first pick in the draft. The other team is looking for like the number one seed in the NFL AFC, I guess I should say. But give me the Chiefs. They're minus 14 favorites in this game. That is a massive margin. And if it was any other matchup, I would say that's kind of a lot. But considering it's the Chiefs over the Texans, I almost feel like it could be more. I kind of like minus 14. If you have the money to try to push and make a, make a this is like a, an easy win, minus 14. I know it sounds like a lot. I have the Chiefs winning 35 to 10. I, I could see them winning by 14, 21, maybe even 28. If things really get out of hand and the Chiefs are really pouring it on because this is like a, not a get right game for them, but like a, let's just kind of sharpen the blade a little bit and use these guys as like the rough edge to sharpen off of. Now we're looking at the Cardinals and the Denver Broncos here. This is a game that I, I think I spent some of the most time trying to decide on because you have two teams with quarterback injuries and I'm really curious to see if Russell Wilson plays this week. I don't know if you guys watched the Denver Broncos game or not. I did. And that egg that was on the head of Russell Wilson would lead me to believe that there's a possibility he does not play this week. If he didn't come away from that hit with some form of a concussion, I would be legitimately shocked. And then you have the Arizona Cardinals who just lost Kyler Murray to a non-contact knee injury. Awful situation there. And then you have Colt McCoy who's listed as questionable right now, which means if he doesn't play... It's Trace McSorley time. Now, with all that in mind, this Denver Broncos offense has been just absolutely awful. I hate watching Denver play offense, and I hate that I have to say that, but I really do. As for the Cardinals, quarterback is obviously an issue right now. However, Trace McSorley, you know, had some playing time last year. And has shown a flash or two here and there. If he just plays a good game. And this is if Colt McCoy can't play. I also believe Colt McCoy could be solid with the point that I'm making here. Either or. Either one of those two guys. And I, you're going up against a Denver defense it's going to be tough against. But if you have DeAndre Hopkins in there. Marquise Brown. AJ Green. Everyone's healthy in terms of wide receivers. I think either of those two quarterbacks could make something happen. It's going to be a tall task. But I... Can't imagine a scenario. Um, you know what? Maybe I can. But I don't know if Denver's offense can really get any worse. Uh, and losing Russell Wilson might actually make that happen. I don't know what Brett Rippon's going to bring to the table in this game here. But I'm not really too high on him. And I don't really think he's going to be the savior for the Broncos going into this game here. I think Arizona comes away with the victory off the back of either Colt McCoy or Trace McSorley, and it's going to take the stars of the offense to really have some strong games for this team to come out victorious. But I do like the Cardinals. 17-10, over under on this one is 36. Hammer the under. I, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think it's going to be ugly. This is going to be one of those games that you do not want to watch if you are not a fan of poor offense and defense success, or defensive success, excuse me. But I do think the Cardinals win 17-10. Again, uglier contest, not necessarily one lit up with fireworks by any means. Now, the Patriots and Raiders, the AFC, not the AFC, excuse me, the, or I, I guess I should say it as the 
Patriots of the East versus the Patriots of the West. We have Josh McDaniels taking on his old team, his former mentor, twice removed because he is now uh, once again a guy who has left Bill Belichick to try a head coaching gig for the second time. Can the Raiders get the victory over the Patriots? Patriots right now currently 7-6 and six, as the Raiders are 5-8. and eight. Raiders are 3-2 and two at home and the Patriots are 4-3 and three as away. So both teams have found some decent success playing in the areas that they've played in in terms of being an away team and a team at home. Uh, I'm really, really curious to see how this game ends up. And I would be lying to you if I said I had a real strong belief in my choice for this game this is one of those that i think it could really go either way raiders are only minus one favorites and that's obviously because they're the home team but it depends really on the injuries that the patriots are dealing with going into this game here if ramondre stevenson's out if they're missing jack jones if Devontae parker isn't playing and i don't know if jacoby myers is going to be ready to go if all these guys are missing from new england it is going to be tough to win this game but we have seen a lot of young guys really step up in New England this year. I think that's been a recurring theme where a lot of guys that you probably didn't expect to produce as much as they have have produced, and guys that have been asked to fill in roles have done a good job of filling in roles, except for the offensive line. That's the one big exception to that. But overall, I do believe in the coaching and the system, despite the offense kind of being a little bit of a disaster over there in New England, a little bit more than whatever the heck's going on over there in Las Vegas. Now, there is a possibility that we're looking at Hunter Renfro, we're looking at Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and all those guys finally being on the field together. That is definitely a possibility and something I'm looking at here, but I don't really know, and I'm not going to find out until probably Saturday or Sunday at the latest before kickoff for their game and about 90 minutes beforehand, and I have to make my picks now. So I'm going to go with my gut feeling. The Patriots have a lot to play for. I think they really want to be a playoff team. I think Bill Belichick really wants them to be a playoff team. And this is a game he's probably had circled for a while. Patriots squeak out a victory. Give them the win 20 to 17. Tight one. Could go either way. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm 100% certain that this is the end result. But this is just kind of what my gut's telling me. Next one, we're looking at the Titans and Chargers. Seven and six, both teams. Minus three favorites for the Chargers as the home dogs of this game. My biggest interest in this game really is going to just be how these teams kind of play against each other in terms of the Chargers offense and the Titans defense. When you look at the numbers here, the Chargers are the third best passing attack in the league. One of the best at what they do. Then you have a team like the Titans, 31st in the league in terms of defending the pass. Everyone can throw the football on them. Then you flip it the other way. Chargers cannot run the ball. 31st in the league. Then the Titans. They don't really let anyone run the football. Third best in the league. Those numbers kind of flip, funny enough, between the offense and defensive side of both teams. Now, the big question here that I really have as far as the Chargers go, is Tennessee going to be able to run this football down their throats? The Chargers are not great at stopping the run. They're allowing 147 yards a game, 28th in the league, one of the worst run defenses. And again, you have Derrick Henry doing his thing. Now, Titans have not been nearly as dominant on the ground this year as they have been the last few years. I will say that. But it seems like maybe they might be starting to catch a little bit of fire right now, despite their struggles that they've had, losing some games that you didn't really expect. And I know that Derrick Henry got shut down for like two yards in the second half last week. But... I, <laughs> I feel like injuries and just a little bit of offensive inconsistency 
is kind of hurting the Titans right now. And this is a big game for both teams. If somehow the Titans lose this game, obviously it drops them to 7-7. Seven and seven. That puts the Jaguars right behind them in terms of the playoff chase. And obviously the Jaguars got to get a big win if that's the case. But things are getting a little, little scary in Tennessee. A couple of weeks ago, I was damn certain that the Titans were winning the AFC South. Now I'm wondering if they're going to win the AFC South or maybe slip up and lose it to a team like the Jaguars. I don't think the Colts can get there. I don't think the Texans can get there. But the Jaguars, if they pull off another upset or two, they're right in the thick of things for that AFC South race. It's going to take a lot, but definitely something we got to keep an eye on. I do like the Chargers, though, in this game. I just think, ultimately, I trust in Justin Herbert. The running game has just been a little off over in Tennessee for my liking, and it the Titans passing defense is not anything that really scares me. And I don't think it really scares the chargers. Obviously I could be dead wrong about this. Derek Henry might have himself a game and have himself a serious one at that against this chargers run D, but I'm going to trust in Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley's risk taking that sometimes makes me want to vomit when I'm watching them play, but he does it and it, it, it's entertaining. But also sometimes I'm like, what are we doing here? Give me the Chargers. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. I do think the Titans get a little bit of success on the ground. I think they can move the football a little bit better than normal. I got the Chargers 29-23. Should be an interesting contest. I think this will be one of the funner games to watch, especially for the AFC side of things. Now, the Bengals and the Buccaneers. Here's a big one. The Bengals are on a tear right now. 9-4. and four. You have a serious opportunity here. With the Dolphins playing the Bills, if the Bills drop a game... That puts you in prime position to potentially be able to lock up the number one seed in the AFC. Now, you really have to count on the Chiefs to take another loss. But right now, the way things look, the Bengals have a real opportunity to shock some people and wind up being the number one seed. Again, you need the Chiefs to lose another game because they are beating you because of record. But if they take another loss, you have the head-to-head. And then the Bengals have an opportunity to play the Bills later in the year to win the tiebreaker over them as well. Take down the Buccaneers. This is a team that's floundering right now. Bengals have had some injuries on the offensive side of the ball with some skill players, but they have really not stumbled. Not once. I mean, Jamar Chase has been hurt. T. Higgins has been hurt. Joe Mixon has been hurt. And they haven't really skipped a beat. Offensive line... I feel like it's getting better every single week or at least more cohesive and more of a stable unit than it was compared to obviously last year and in the early portion of the season. And then you have a Buccaneers team that just offensively got murdered last week. And I know Brady's probably going to come out like guns a blazing because he hates being embarrassed like that. But it's, something is so off about the Buccaneers in this game. And I understand they're in Tampa Bay, but I really like the Bengals going into this game right now. And I really like the Bengals at this point in time. I just really believe in what they've got going on. I think they are the hottest team in the NFL right now. They have some really good wins, the right point in the season. They're winning a lot of games. And I mean, they started out the season poorly. Don't get me wrong. But since then, they've been rock solid at worst. So take that for what you will. I'm going to take the Bengals. I have them winning 30 to 20 in this game here. They take down Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and send the NFC South into an absolute tailspin of who the hell is going to win that division because every single team is going to have like eight losses or more when it's all said and done. You know, you think of like the sick, what was it? The, uh, excuse me, the, the seven and nine Seahawks, I believe won the division for the NFC West one year. We're probably going to see some, we might see something worse than that this year. We might see like seven and 10 which would be insane. Imagine a, imagine a double-digit loss team 
in the playoffs. We are fast approaching that possibility with the way things are shaping up in the NFC West. Or excuse me, South, I should say, South. Second to last matchup we have here, we're looking at the Giants and the Commanders rematch, a game that ended in a tie the last time these two teams played. And I've got to say that was probably one of the wilder results I've seen in the NFL this year. I really wanted the Commanders to win. And I was so upset when that game ended because I, I, I believe in Taylor Heineke and the defense that they got brewing over there in Washington. And the Giants right now just feel like the team, and I asked this question a few weeks ago, as like the, they're the playoff pretender. They're a team that seems like they might lose their way out of the playoffs. They're so hurt and so injured on top of that. Nothing just feels like it's going right right now. They did an absolute excellent job turning things around over there in New York with the new regime. I just think that talent-wise, they're lagging and it's starting to show and the injuries are starting to mount. And this is more so right now just about health than anything else. The commanders are trending in the right direction while the Giants are trending in the wrong. I think Washington rights the wrong of their first meeting, pulls away with the victory. I'm going to double down on Washington. I picked them to win that first game. They didn't get the job done the first time. The game is still tied 20-20, to and they're going to add another handful of points into this game. We're going to get a real winner between these two teams because imagine if they tied again. That'd be ridiculous. Give me the commanders. I think it's going to be close. I think the Giants may be able to play them well. It's a divisional game, and I feel like they always end up being a little bit closer. Everyone has a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. But I have the Commanders winning 24-23. Big W for them. And then, final game of the week, Monday Night Football. We got the Rams and the Packers here. Packers are minus seven favorites in this one. And you have a Rams team that, at this point in the season... I don't think like a single one of their actual starters is even playing anymore, aside from like Bobby Wagner. That team, this is another team that is just so hurt in every single position imaginable. Everyone seems like they're on the IR and they're kind of just waving the white flag, but somehow the Raiders let them win last week. I think the Packers in their situation this season has been kind of awful to watch. But I would like to think it's a little bit better than what's going on with the Raiders. The Raiders keep dropping ridiculous games and their offense cannot find the consistency it needs to. Where like they play like a half a game and that's it. The Packers are at least trending in the right direction. Christian Watson is on an absolute tear right now. Bye week lets them get a little bit healthier. Aaron Rodgers obviously playing with a broken thumb. Hopefully he's feeling a little bit better after a couple weeks off to get himself right and get himself ready to go now. Packers should get the victory in this one. They're minus seven favorites, and this is a spread bet that I really like here. I think the Packers should be good to win this game by a touchdown. I definitely think that is a possibility. Could be wrong on that, but that seems like something that is very realistic, which is all things considered and just the amount of hurt and injuries and problems that the Rams have been dealing with this year. Whereas the Packers, like I said, offensively seem to be starting to trend into the right direction. Let's see if they can keep that momentum going after coming off of a bye week. But this is a game the Packers should win in. Rams are 1-4 in their away games. Packers are 3-3 three and three at home, so they kind of split here. But Packers, I think, get the W, 21-13, and cap off what is the first full slate of games that we've had. Oh, I guess we had a full slate of games a couple of weeks ago, not too long ago. But we're done with bye weeks now, and we're on to just nothing but 16 games a week until the end of the season. Those are my picks for this week. I appreciate you for sticking around if you made it all the way through this video. I know these ones are always long-winded, but that's it for me. I appreciate you all again so much for watching. Let me know in the comment section down below. Who do you think wins? Who do you think loses? Give me some predictions. I'd love to hear what you all think, but that's it. I'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.